the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who forgave all your iniquity, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We have reason to give thanks given our past. I can see the promised land, though there's pain within the plan. There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we are continuing with Pastor Keith's teaching series from the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles... Please turn with us today to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. And now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study. Father, we thank you to all the good things that you have given us. Lord, um, as we prepare to worship you now and look at further reasons to give thanks, Lord, we ask that you just uh, grant us clear understanding, grant me clarity of expression, uh, Lord, and uh, uh, bless us from your word together as a church family. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, hence the reading of 1 through 10 to sort of give you some additional context. And what we're going to do is look into this passage and see the reasons we have for being and living and giving thanks, for having thankful hearts for all that God has done, is doing, and will do for us in the future. And so Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. Therefore, in light of all that's come before, therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh call the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. 
But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in the ordinances. That's a reference to the ceremonial law. That he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. And he's talking about the people of God, whether it's Israel or the church. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. I think as John O. pointed out last week, the you's there, all the you, is really you all, right? That's you plural, uh, Jew and Gentile united in Christ. That's what's going on here in part. In studying Ephesians, you know, we remember uh, that its main theme is the unity and the body of Christ. And as we study Ephesians like we're doing, we're tempted to forget that when that letter was read, it was read straight through, right? Start to finish. And, 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 the, and the people who heard it understood the turns of phrase and some of the symbolism that doesn't come as natural to us today. And listening from start to finish, they were able to follow the whole train of thought and pick up all the threads and the themes. Today, because we are somewhat distant, we go through it a piece at a time. And so we preach here, verse by verse, or piece by piece, paragraph by paragraph. Some say pericope by pericope. And we, uh, we learn a little bit about the background as we go, which is what we call expository preaching, if you're new here today. Expository preaching is exposing the mind of God to the people of God using the word of God, aided and abetted by the spirit of God. And so as we work through Ephesians, we have to keep in mind what we studied last week because it comes to bear on what we're studying this week as we work through this. And that's why I reread Uh, verses 1 through 10. Again, the overarching theme of Ephesians centers on the church and and unity in Christ. Uh, The days of the ethnic congregations, so to speak, came to an end in the first century AD. It's taken time to catch on in some places. But what you keep seeing here is a two-word phrase over and over, in Christ, in Christ. You'll see the word mystery revealed. You'll see references to two being made into one, speaking to the fact that both Jew and Gentile are one in Christ, that there's no longer a distinction. And so those who were once far off have been brought near, and those who were near have been brought in, so to speak. This speaks of saved sinners, whether Jew or Greek. And so what we're, this is what we're seeing here. Uh, summarized in Galatians 3.26 through 28, it's often misabu- a, a misapplied passage. There's neither Jew nor Greek nor free nor slave, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. Which really uh, 
reminds us of just all that we have because God is so good to us. He gives us a little book like Ephesians that tells us pretty much everything we want to know, right? The first three chapters are principles that we celebrate as brothers and sisters united in Christ. And chapters four through six tell us about the practices of unity, uh, how we present, so to speak, a consistent witness and testimony to the world around us. Ephesians is a celebration of unity, oneness in Christ. It's part of sinful human nature to create artificial divisions and build barriers to shut people out that don't talk like us or look like us. We live in an age that celebrates racial division and hatred, uh, but we are Christians. And if, if, if any student of history would know that the ancient world tells us that none of today's social distinctions, none of our racial barriers or our nationalisms or our iron or bamboo curtains are more exclusive or unrelenting than the separation that were between the Jews and the Gentiles in biblical times. The clash, one commentator writes, of the Jewish-Gentile exclusiveness was monumental. And how is that? Well, the Jews didn't like the Gentiles, and the Gentiles returned the favor. They didn't like the Jews. Gentiles in the Jewish mind were ceremonially unclean. They had abortions. They engaged in perverse sexual activity. A little has changed. And religious Jews avoided contact with them altogether. The Gentiles, apart from their own equal animosity toward the Jews, had their own ethnic hatreds for anyone not like them. This was particularly uh, true of the Greek mind, uh, whom they they looked at people who were non-Greek and they called them barbarians. They considered Greek the language of the gods. In fact, the philosopher Plato wrote that barbarians were by nature his enemies. I mean, they were lesser beings. And to this end, the Roman writer Livy wrote that Greeks wage a truceless war against people of other races, against barbarians. And yet, it's against that backdrop that we have this letter where Jew and Gentile are worshiping in the Ephesian church together. It's against this backdrop that Paul writes that people of all colors and economic backgrounds, educated, uneducated, free, slave, rich, poor, are worshiping together in this church. And so this church is flourishing and it's an encouragement to Paul. And Paul writes from prison to exhort them and to praise them and to call them to excel still more. And he tells them that they have reason for thanks. He reminds them of what they were, what they are now, and what they will be. And in today's passage, this Sunday after Thanksgiving, we find three reasons to give thanks to God through Christ for all that unites us. Because we're all from different places, different backgrounds. We come in different shapes and sizes, but we are related by blood, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to organize our talk today into three movements, three reasons to give thanks, our past, our present, and our future. And let's start with reason number one, our past. Give thanks that your past is behind you. That's what he's saying to the Ephesians. Paul writes here about the Gentiles' past, which really pictures your and my past as well. Uh, Verses 11 and 12, let's look at that together. Therefore, remember, there's a command, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh 
called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made by flesh by hands, made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. You know, everybody has a past, right? All of us do. Some of these pasts are varied. Some are shameful. Some, some are easy. Some, everybody's different, but we all have a past. Maybe we have things we've done in the past that are embarrassing. But what unites us today, each and every one of us here, is that we've been delivered from that past. And sometimes we're tempted to forget how good we have it until we look at a passage like this that reminds us that regardless of how difficult our circumstances are right now, what we have been delivered from is incredible. And so Paul says, remember, he says, don't forget, don't forget what you were. And he lists five really characteristics or five descriptors of what we were. We were Christless, separated from Christ, verse 12a, call it. We were homeless, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, verse 12b, friendless, strangers to the covenants, 12c, and hopeless, having no hope, 12d, and godless, without God in the world. That's what we were. That's what you and I were before salvation. And that's what you and I have to be thankful for, that that is all behind us. As we have turned our lives, our, we've surrendered our wills, our past, our present, our future, our rights, our souls to Christ. Your past is dead and you've been reconciled to Jesus Christ. And that is something to give thanks for. Paul expresses it this way in Colossians 1, 21 to 22. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body by his flesh through his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. That's That's a picture of the Jews and the Gentiles united in Christ in the church at Ephesus, uh, writing to the church in Colossae. What do we all have in common? We've been delivered from a Christless, hopeless, godless past. We have a real family. You know, a lot of times at Thanksgiving, it's kind of stressful because some of us come from unbelieving families and it's, it's difficult and it's hard. And it's hard sometimes to relate to our own family, but we can relate to one another because of our common salvation. You have that but now. The Jews and the Gentiles in the Ephesian church were doubly unified, doubly blessed in Ephesus because they were reconciled to each other because they were reconciled to God. Somebody once described the Christian life as like a spoke on a bicycle tire. We're all spokes and the closer we get to the sprocket, the closer we get to one another. And so they had been alienated, foreign to God and foreign to each other, excluded and cut off, and now they were together. It, it, it's, it, it's something that boggles the mind when you think about it. Think of your past and give thanks that it's in the past. It's sort of like, imagine the thief on the cross. He's sitting there, he's lived this horrific life that got him crucified, and he recognizes the Messiah in the closing moments or maybe hours of his life and he hears the words today 
you will be with me in paradise. Because his sinful life was in the past. His sins were forgiven. You you saw this come through in our scripture reading in Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3. And you were dead in trespasses and sins. And once you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we once all once lived, and the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And so Paul says, remember, in verses 11 and 12, therefore remember that at the time you Gentiles in the flesh call the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made by flesh and not by hands, remember that you were at one time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's in the past. If you've embraced Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is in the past. You are free from your past. If you're inclined at all to dwell in the past, and it's a very human trait, then don't forget to dwell on what you were saved from. And that you are saved. Dwell on the right stuff. The right things. Give thanks regardless of your outer circumstances or conditions. It is a hard world. It is a fallen world. It is a broken world. It is a heartbreaking world. But be careful of saying yes but. Yeah all that's true but my life's really tough right now. It is. And that's part of the trials that God allows us to go through. For our spiritual growth and his glory. But remember what you were saved from. Remember. And so this Thanksgiving season, as one of those delivered people, do not hesitate to to give thanks, to be grateful. I'm reminded what it says in Psalm uh, 103, verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who forgave all your iniquity? Who heals your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? We have reason to give thanks given our past. And so that was reason number one that we give thanks this Thanksgiving season that we should live thankfully, think thankfully, act thankfully, speak thankfully. It's part of bearing witness to the world around us. Which brings us to reason number two for giving thanks. You're present because of our present, because of the present. Give thanks because of your present salvation. We'll look at Ephesians 2, 13 through 18. But now... Don't miss that. Those buts in Ephesians. But God, right? You are dead in your sins and trespasses, right? But now, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off are now no longer. You are no longer Christless, homeless, friendless, hopeless, godless. No, in the present, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in the ordinances. There's no longer clean and unclean. There's just in Christ, right? So that he might create himself one new man in the place of two. So making peace, it might reconcile us both, Jew and Gentile, to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off. That's to you all, all you Gentiles who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. What's going on here? Paul addresses Jew and Gentile Christians at Ephesus and reminds them of their present. Through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. But now, regardless of how and what you once were, far away from God, you've been brought near through the blood of Christ. It has erased all the distinctions that separated you, that alienated you from each other and him. He has erased distinctions between Jew and Gentile, abolishing the cause of separation, the ceremonial law, invalidating the sacrificial system, the way that he has reconciled us to Christ, to his Father, through his blood. There is no division. There is no hostility. We are one in Christ. But now, in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ through his once and for all sacrifice. For he himself is our peace who made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in the ordinance. But now we have been brought near to God. And that in the Greek speaks to a timeless, completed, unexpiring action taken for us by him. We have been brought near to God, and in so doing, he has brought us near to one another, unified in Christ by Christ, who has broken down all these distinctions and all these hostilities. And so today, there is no Jew, no Gentile in terms of the people of God, only Christ followers. He made us one, having made the once and for all sacrifice no longer distinct circumcision versus uncircumcision outward distinctions don't mean anything and in truth even then they didn't mean much romans uh, chapter 2 paul talks about the fact that you know the jews were under the law and breaking it the gentiles were a law unto themselves and in verse 12 it says this all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law and all who sinned under the law will be judged by the law So circumcision and uncircumcision were of no advantage once both stood condemned apart from the grace of God. Paul puts it this way in Colossians 2, 121-22. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above all reproach. So we give thanks to where we stand, for where we stand in the present. You know, we talked about in Ephesians chapter 1, you were picked, right? You were preserved, excuse me, you were picked, you were perfected, and you were preserved, right? 
That's where you stand today. God looks at you, you are justified. He sees the righteousness of his son on you and in you. You were sealed and secure no matter what your social status was, no matter what your economic status was, no matter what your health is, no matter what persecution you suffer, you are his right now. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408 269 4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.